You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. Welcome to episode 10 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we'll be talking about tips for healthy living. But first, let's uh, get an update. What's going on this week, Ryan? Well, I've been putting into practice what we've been talking about in our podcast. I did a training this week for a big company, and it was something that I was afraid of. It was something that I was intimidated by, but it went really well. I'm glad I did it. It expanded my capacity, my comfort zone, and it relates really well with the Richard Branson quote you shared last week about saying yes to something and then figuring out how to do it. This was definitely one of those situations, but... I'm glad I went for it because it was a success. Great. What about you? What's been happening? Well, we're leaving, heading back to the States in just a couple of days, so it's pretty busy packing, making sure all of our affairs in order in terms of our household, our vehicle, signing documents and papers and, and getting all that done. I'm also thinking about how we're going to do this podcast remotely. Yeah. So that'll be a change. we got to overcome that fear. Yeah. we got to figure out how we're going to do that. You may hear some changes in our episodes and the nature of it. I'm preparing to do some business back in the States. So I have mentioned in the past my SMB online guide. And one of the things I'm going to be doing is promoting that business back in the States. So I prepared some business cards and I'm going to be engaging small business owners back in the States to buy my digital products so whenever I encounter a business that I think doesn't have a good online presence I'm just gonna drop them a card so that's gonna be overcoming some fear I'm gonna be walking in some small businesses and basically telling them hey guys uh, I think you could be doing a better job (laughs) you want some help by the way you suck and I can help you get better exactly if there's anything to fear it's going in and telling somebody they're doing something wrong Nobody likes to hear they're doing something wrong. So I've got to think a little bit more about my presentation, about my pitch. I'm going to be offering them a free guide. That's basically what I'm going to do. In my mindset right now, as I walk in, I hand them a card and I say, Hey, I noticed that your online presence could use some help. Here's Mm -hmm. a card. Here's a free download. Here's the website. Go ahead and do it. Or send an email to this email address. Maybe this can help you acquire some more customers. Yeah, the cool thing is you can identify their weaknesses and their needs just by Googling them. Yes. Right? You, you say, hey, I Googled you and this is all I got. Like, really, you want this to be your impression? Really, you want this to be people's impressions of your business? It doesn't bode well. It doesn't look good. I can help you. And the good news is that, especially in the West and the United States, everybody uses Google. Yeah. They use Facebook. They understand the importance of the Internet. So I don't need to convince them of that. Right. All I need to do is show them that they could do a better job 
and I could help them do it yeah. in a fairly easy way. Yeah. I've literally set out my guides so that you don't need to know anything. You literally, if you can look at a guide and follow the steps exactly, you will achieve a better outcome than where you're at right now for free. Now, of course, if you want to do more things that are a little bit more complicated and a little bit more valuable, you can pay a nominal fee and yeah. improve your business. But you know, $20, $30 for improving the overall presence and brand of your business forever right. seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, no kidding. Usually one customer is going to cover that. Especially in the United States where a lot of people... If your online presence is not good, they're automatically going to think that your product or service is not good. Yeah. Whereas if you have a very crisp online presence, a good Google page, a good Facebook page, a good website, they're going to think, oh, this company has their act together. I'll bet their product or service is nice. It's good. It's valuable. Right. Yeah. All right, let's get into the topic of the day, which is habits for healthy living. Ryan, one of the seven habits of highly effective people deals with this issue. Talk to us about it. Yeah, number seven is sharpen the saw. And what it means is that we need to continually take care of ourselves. Now, not a lot of us are using a saw very often, so a better metaphor might be charge the battery. All of us are dealing with batteries getting low because of our smartphones, because of our laptops, so we can relate to this metaphor. We are similar as human beings. We are finite. We need to be recharged. So we get this when it comes to things like eating and sleeping. You can only go so long before you've got to eat something. You've got to have a drink. You need to go and sleep. So we like to produce things. We want to get results. We want to be effective. But in order to do that, in order to generate results, we've got to go take a nap or go get a good night's sleep. So that's the physical area of our life. But as humans, we're much more than just a physical body. We are also emotional beings. We are mental beings. We have a mind we need to take care of. And we are spiritual beings. So those are kind of the four areas of life, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And we need to take care of all those areas in order to generate results. Now, the interesting thing is that they're all interconnected. And so if you neglect one, it's really only a matter of time before it starts negatively impacting the others. So, for example, a student might be really focused on the mental side of their life and they're learning, they're developing their mind, they're taking in information all the time. But if they neglect their health, then eventually, if they're eating unhealthy food, they're not sleeping well, they're dependent on things like caffeine, nicotine to get them through the day, eventually they're going to compromise their mental capacity. They're not going to be able to learn as quickly as if they were taking care of their physical health. And it's the same for our relationships and our emotional health and our spiritual health. Yeah, let's, let's get specific. Let's talk about sleeping. One thing I've noticed in this culture is Moroccans love to stay up really late. Mm-hmm. And if you work, that means you still have to get up early. Yeah. And I think one of the underappreciated aspects of healthy living is getting enough rest. When you're sleeping, your body is repairing itself. Mm -hmm. Your brain is making sense of everything that happened during the day. Yeah. And if you de deprive your body of sleep, you're doing long-term damage. 
The other problem is they've done studies that show that you can't make up sleep. If you miss sleep, it's not like the next day you can sleep twice as long and then you, you're great again. You've repaired yourself. You've done damage that can't be repaired by sleeping more. Mm-hmm. So the notion of like catching up on sleep has been... Debunked. Debunked, thank you, by science. Because sometimes I think like that, like, oh, yeah, during the week I'm only getting seven hours, maybe a touch under, but then, okay, I'll try to sleep in on a Saturday morning or, you know, make up for it on the weekend. Yeah, it, it's, not going, it's not going to undo what has been done. For example, if on Monday night you sleep for four hours, that is going to directly impact your productivity and performance on Tuesday. Yeah. If you, on Wednesday, sleep for eight hours, that's not going to change what happened to you on Tuesday. True, yeah. Now, it may reduce the impact of your lack of sleep on Monday for the rest of the week, yeah. but it's not going to undo what happened already. Yeah, that makes sense. Your, your, your body needs time to repair and to make sense of what's happening in the world during the day in order to have a good productive day. And one of the ways that we know that this is true is that sleep deprivation is actually a tactic for harming people. Yeah. Torture method. It is one of the torture methods. Now, I mean, I don't think it falls into the category of like shock therapy or or whipping or beating someone, but they specifically use sleep deprivation to wear people down. Yeah. To make them vulnerable and pliable and more easily manipulated and right. less able to function, yeah. whether it's physically or mentally. Yeah. So whether someone else is depriving you of sleep or you are depriving yourself of sleep, there's a direct impact on your ability the next day. Now this ties into our episode on deep work, where we were establishing that the real value that you can produce in the marketplace other than just ticking boxes and doing robotic tasks that will eventually be replaced by software, to do something really deep and meaningful requires concentration and focus. And we all know that, yeah, you can pull an all-nighter and you can kind of get through the day or you can get four hours sleep and coast through and make it look like you're doing fine, but you're not going to produce anything of value when your body is screaming for sleep. So if we want to we want to get into deep work, we've got to get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Another thing that's important is not just the number of hours of sleep, it's having a regular routine. So going to bed at around the same time each night, getting up at around the same time each morning is is important to train your body to perform. Yeah. Another bad habit is staying up really late in front of screens. So they've also done studies about blue light and the impact it has on the brain. If you're watching TV or on your phone up until the moments that you go to sleep, the quality of your sleep is going to be reduced. Mm -hmm. So even if you sleep for eight or nine hours, the quality of the sleep is not as good if you had taken at least one hour before you go to bed without looking at any screens. Right. And in addition to that, we we generally go to sleep when we feel tired, but we're getting a false sense of awakeness when we're staring at screens. You might think, well, why would I go to bed right now? I'm just going to lay there because I don't feel tired. Well, of course you don't feel tired when you're watching a movie or flipping through social media staring at a screen. 
We've all had the experience where you're reading a book and the eyelids get heavy. If you really don't think you're tired, switch from a screen to something analog, switch to a, switch to a book and see what happens. And, and my bet is that 20 minutes later, you're gonna be ready for bed. This is research I've tried to implement in my life. And just by a simple, simple switch, which is plugging my phone in, not beside my bed, it's made a big difference in this because then if I am laying in bed thinking, well, I'm kind of bored, I'm not really ready to sleep, I pick up a book from my bedside table and you know, can enjoy something, but I'm not keeping myself awake with a false sense of alertness. Yeah, I found that that's a great way to fall asleep as well. If you are, have insomnia or you're having trouble sleeping, to lay down in bed and start reading a book, for me, that is very helpful in becoming tired. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the habits for falling asleep uh, and getting a good night's rest is to read before bed. I completely agree with that. Another habit is on the opposite side of the sleep spectrum, which is in the morning. They've done studies of Fortune 500 CEOs, very successful people, and it's very common among these people to get up early, have a routine, meaning they set an alarm or they get up at the same time each day and they go through a routine, which often includes some sort of exercise. Mm -hmm. And that usually sets the day. Your, your blood circulation, your energy levels, your metabolism, if you get up at the same time each day, you exercise, you have healthy routine in the morning, meaning a breakfast that is not all sugar and caffeine, mm -hmm. which is also a bad habit. This can lead to exceptional performance, sustainable performance. So you can work long and hard each day if you get a good night's sleep and you start the day correctly. I like to start the day through reading and waking up a little bit earlier before my kids wake up, reading, praying a bit, and then starting the day on the right foot, listening to some inspiring music. That helps me get off on the right foot for the day. Um, I'm sure we've all had our experiences in terms of starting off the day poorly, mm -hmm. and that can shape uh, how, how positive the day is. Yeah, there's the expression, win the morning, win the day. And I can definitely attest to that in my life. The times when I wake up early and I have the time to, to do some reading, to, to have a coffee, to, to collect my thoughts, to look at the day ahead alone before my family's awake. I, by the time they do wake up, I'm in a very different place than the times when I've stayed up late or had something preventing me from waking up on time so that I'm rushed. I'm, I kind of feel like I'm starting the day behind the eight ball and it, it sets a poor tone for what's to come. Today's episode is brought to you by CIST British Education. For 18 years, CIST has been delivering a British curriculum in Morocco and awarding bachelor's, master's and MBA degrees from Cardiff Metropolitan University in the UK. CIST is a unique higher education institute which operates completely in English with locations in Casablanca, Rabat, Tangier, and Marrakesh. CIS students are privileged to receive British education and degrees with worldwide recognition, in addition to accreditation through the Moroccan government. CIS has set a vision to recruit and train top students to be world-class business graduates. I've been teaching at CIS for three years now and highly recommend it. 
Check out CIST British Education at www.sist.ac.ma and choose the CIST experience. Now back to the show. So Ryan, I know that you exercise quite often. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you like to do to stay physically healthy? What I've been doing is building the habit of just trying to run twice a week. So looking for an opportunity midweek to go for a shorter run, whether it's just in the morning or kind of late late evening, and then once on the weekend as well. And so doing doing a run like that, it's it's a way for me to just stay fit, stay healthy, just cardiovascular exercise. But it's also a keystone habit, meaning that running is the type of habit that starts to affect other habits around it. So for example, when you exercise, it makes you more tired. When you lay down to sleep, the day you've exercised, you fall asleep quicker and you sleep deeper. So this is one of those habits that starts to ripple outwards and affect other areas of your life. Running also starts to affect your diet because you don't get back from a run and think, oh, I totally feel like a chocolate sundae right now. Your body is craving solid energy. It's craving things that are going to replenish the calories you've just burned. Exercising tends to lead to healthier eating as well. I've chosen to focus on on running because it leads to a lot of other good things in my life. Yeah, I've done some running in my past. Of course, in the military, I've trained to run some 10-mile races. I don't run so much anymore, uh, but I do like to walk. I have a a Fitbit Mm -hmm. watch that tracks my steps, so I like to get at least 10,000, 12,000 steps per day. Another thing that I like to do is I have my Fitbit, and you can use your phone as well. My Fitbit is set to alert me when I've gone a certain amount of time without moving around. And so every time it buzzes, I know I'm going to do some push-ups. Yeah. So I've decided that the first buzz of the day is 18 push-ups, and then 21, 24, 27, 30, 33. And wow, if I so do, you go up. Yeah, I go up. Well, because I start my day, the blood's not flowing. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little bit stiff. Yeah. So I start out with the lowest amount, and I kind of work my way up as the day goes on. Yeah. I've decided I'm going to do that six days a week. If I do that six days a week, every week of the year, I will have done almost 50,000 push-ups in a year. You're going to be cut. You're going to be jacked. <laughs> yeah, but it is. And I've, uh, I'd have i like to tell another story, and it kind of plays into discipline. It plays into time management, long-term thinking. When I was first preparing to go into the military, I realized that they had a, a pull-up test as part of the overall physical fitness test. And when I first started training for the pull-ups, I could do one pull-up. But if you wanted to get 100% on the pull-up score, you had to do 20 pull-ups in a row. Hmm. And that was with no leg kicking or anything, and the arms had to be completely extended. And so I just started with one. And so I did one pull-up over and over again until I could do two pull-ups. And then I did two pull-ups over and over again until I could do three, and so on and so on. And at my peak, I was able to do 39 pull-ups in a row. Wow. But that was years later. Right. But it's an example of what you can do if you just put in the time and the effort. Yeah. And you practice. Yeah. Nobody starts out being able to do 39 pull-ups. Yeah. Yeah, the results compound over time. Like we, 
we referenced the the dominoes tipping over and getting larger and larger from the book The One Thing and the book The Compound Effect, which lays out similar results. Yeah, so you may be struggle with exercise in the beginning, but just take it easy. Take it slow. Mm-hmm. Do one pull-up. Yeah. And then do two. Instead of trying to run five miles on your first day, run half a mile. Yeah. And just build up from there. What about the emotional side of life? So our relationships. If you're in a busy season and you're focused and you don't make time for your family or for your friends or for your social life, what are some of the dangers of that? I think this plays into topics we've had earlier in the, in the show, earlier episodes. Time management and long-term thinking. I don't think there's anything that's more important than relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. There are probably things that are as important, your health, your physical health, your job, but there's nothing more important than your family and your relationships with your friends. If you're not going to put in the time and the effort to maintain those relationships, to have positive relationships, that will reverberate throughout your whole life. Hmm. There are many people who say, when it comes to marriage, if your spouse believes in you and supports you, you can do anything. But if your spouse doesn't believe in you and supports you, you can't do anything. Wow. Right? The whole yeah. world could be against you. Yeah. But if your spouse supports you, then you have all that you need. Yeah. And it's really important to put those those relationships first and spend the time and the energy on those relationships, specifically putting it on your calendar to have meaningful time. Yeah. And this ties back into what we were saying about sleep, that you really can't make up for lost time. I know people whose parents live in another country. I mean, people that are 16, 17. And the parents come visit for a weekend and they want to have this intense vacation, this intense time together, but it really doesn't replace those consistent interactions, that, that ongoing relationship. And so it's a, it's a trap that business people can fall into when they think, you know what, I need to focus on this project right now for the next six months, I'm gonna miss dinner, I'm not gonna be able to put my kids to bed, or me and my wife aren't gonna be able to connect or spend much time together, but I'll make up for it at this defined time in the future. It's really a mistake. You know, we need consistently, we need consistency. And we need those investments in the relationship for ourselves too. That's the connection between all these areas of our life. If we're not taking care of our heart, if we're not taking care of our emotional health, it will affect our results at work. We will not be able to produce what we're hoping. The best example that I have for the importance of your emotional health and positive, meaningful relationships is an anecdote I heard about a prison in the United States. The warden or the prison leader had an idea on Mother's Day. Let's give all of the inmates, all the prisoners, a Mother's Day card that they can fill out and mail to their mother on Mother's Day. And when he presented this idea to the the inmates, the prisoners, more than 90% of the prisoners took the card, filled out the card, and mailed it to their mothers. They were overjoyed. They had so much success with this in building morale and positive outcomes in the prison that the warden decided to do the same thing on Father's Day. 
he offered all the inmates Father's Day cards to send to their fathers on Father's Day. Do you know how many inmates took advantage of the opportunity? I'm going to bet that most of them didn't know who their Not father one. was. Not one inmate took a card and wanted to send it to their father. And this, there is no other indicator that will tell you whether or not someone is going to go to prison, at least in the United States. The one overriding factor is the level of involvement of the father in the life of the person. Hmm. It's not income. It's not origin. It's not race. It's not gender. Education level. Not education level. It's how involved the father is in the life of the child. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Let's talk about eating. What are some of your thoughts, Ryan, on healthy eating to have positive impact on your overall life, your work life, and your your personal life? Yeah, it's, it's a funny way to think about it, but in some ways our bodies are machines and they require fuel to run efficiently. And so just like any other machine that we have, we need to provide the right type of fuel in order for it to perform. And it's just like that for us. We need to get sleep, we need to have enough water, but we also need to eat healthy to get the energy, the right energy to perform. And I love to recognize that our brains, our minds are contained in a physical body. So even if you're very smart and you're continually learning, you read a lot, you listen to podcasts like this to develop yourself, you're successful in your career or in your studies, don't forget that your mind is contained in a physical body. And so even if you're not super athletic or sporty, you can't neglect taking care of yourself physically or it will start to be detrimental to your mental health and your your results. Personally, I, I think breakfast is very important, especially in light of what we said about the mornings being the most effective time of the day to do deep work. Science has established this idea, the, the case studies of famous people show that people do their best work first thing when our energy, our willpower uh, is the highest. And so we need to fuel our body well to do that deep work. So I always start off with a really, really healthy breakfast such that I can go all the way till lunch without feeling hungry. I don't notice a real dip in energy. I don't notice um, difficulty concentrating until it gets to around noon, starts to get around lunchtime. Then I'm ready for a second meal. But I can't imagine skipping breakfast and just running on fumes. It's just gonna set you up for a lack of productivity. Yeah, or skipping breakfast or or eating a candy bar, a chocolate bar, having cafe with sugar, Mm -hmm. a piece of bread. This is not the fuel that's going to get your day started off right. Yeah. I think sugar is a big problem around the world. In the United States, we have an overeating problem. Here in Morocco, I've noticed that sugar is a big problem, whether it comes to dental health or diabetes. Sugar is something to be eaten in low quantities on special occasions. If, sh- if you're taking a snack bar, a chocolate bar at the Hanout as your lunch or your breakfast, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. I think another thing is that people don't realize is if you drink a large glass of orange juice, that's like eating like 12 oranges without all of the fiber. It's, it's essentially 
taking a big sugar blast that's going to spike your blood sugar. And then when your body produces insulin, you're going to crash, meaning you're going to have a, a sustained period of low energy as your body processes all of that sugar that you got from the spike. So just because something is, is fresh squeezed doesn't mean that you should drink a lot of it or all the time or every day. Right. Yeah, blood sugar is a good thing to bring up because if you notice these huge spikes and then these huge drops, you're going to really affect your ability to concentrate and to produce value. Whether it's sitting in a class, learning from the professor, or being in a meeting, or doing work at your desk. If your blood sugar is spiking up really high because you popped over the Hanout and you grabbed a couple cakes and, and, a, and a coffee, or a, a Coke, or a bottle of juice, and then before the next meal or the next hit of sugar, you notice oh, you're feeling sleepy, you're feeling tired, you're just tempted to look at your phone because your blood sugar is super low. You want to consume things that are going to try to maintain a high level or an optimal level rather than the huge spikes and the huge declines. Now, one thing I really appreciate about a lot of Moroccan meals is that they're, they are healthy. So when we talk about tagines, you think, yeah, there's a lot of vegetables and, and meats and it's a lot of fresh stuff that's produced quite locally. And those are those are excellent. You know, those can be really, really good for for the for health. And some of the cultures that we come from can really learn from that. Because when it comes to eating dinner, we do eat a lot of fast food, a lot of fried things, a lot of things that are not really healthy. One of the real perks about living in Morocco is the cost of fruit and vegetables. You know, I'm from Canada where we can't even grow a lot of things for eight months of the year. And so the prices are very high. When we're bringing in fresh fruit and vegetables for the winter, it's coming from somewhere in the States or, America, yeah. or far beyond. And so it's not nearly as healthy and it's far more expensive. So that's a real perk. And we're trying to raise our kids to just love vegetables, love fruit, and appreciate healthy eating. Now, it can be difficult to change these habits because your body craves things that it's used to. But we found over time that you can change the cravings that you have. Where when we travel and go on vacation, we actually really miss green and fresh fruits and vegetables because you just tend to eat at a lot more restaurants. You don't get as much freshly prepared food. And we miss it. We feel like, oh, I do not want to eat at that restaurant. I've had so much fast food. I couldn't eat another burger or pizza or french fry if you, if you offered it to me. And that's because we've shifted our eating habits over time. All right, let's talk a, about another aspect of health, and that's mental health. In the same way that you are what you eat, you literally are bananas and beef and bread and coffee. It literally makes up your the cells of your body. In the same way, our brains are developed, our personalities are shaped by the information that we take in. If we're constantly on social media, we're watching videos, that content is gonna shape our mindset, it's gonna shape how we see the world, it's gonna shape our personalities, the way that we interact with other people. Ryan, talk a little bit about the importance of the quality and the content of the information and the media that we digest during the week. 
I think it's a brilliant connection to relate the physical to the mental. We need to guard what we let go into our mouths. We don't want to be inhaling cigarette smoke. We don't want to be eating unhealthy food because it's going to affect us. In the same way, we need to guard what goes into our ears and into our eyes through the content that we ingest. So when you look at your day, when you think about who you follow on social media, what you see when you scroll through, when you think about which YouTube channels you spend time on, when you think about the, the shows that you listen to on the radio or what you put in your earbuds, it's very important to ask, how is this stuff affecting me? What are the messages that I'm taking in? How are my thoughts, my paradigms, my mindsets being shaped by this content? Absolutely. The, the question to ask is, is this helping me? Is this helping me or is this entertaining me? I've actually stopped reading a lot of news because I found that I would read news about things that are going around the world or the United States and it would just make me angry. And I thought, I don't want to be angry all day. This is not helping me. Mm -hmm. It's not making me better. It's not helping me develop a skill. It's not making me kinder, more patient, more compassionate. So I just stopped. I just cut myself off from a lot of news sources. Yeah. And I try to focus on things like podcasts that are going to help me learn. Yeah. Yeah, an idea might be to, to audit your information intake. So go through all the people you follow, go through all the things that are in your news feed, and ask yourself, is this helping me become the person I want to become? Or is this hindering me? You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.